630 Chad Inside Sports. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Arts with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Oilers at Hurricanes tomorrow. It's on 6.30 Chad with the face-off show at 4. The game will start at 5.30. Here's what's happening tonight in the third. The Panthers still up 1-0 on Calgary. Islanders leading the Blue Jackets 3-zip. In the second period, Detroit 3, Ottawa 2. Lightning now up 5-0 on Dallas. Avalanche lead the Jets 2-1. After the first, no score. Canadians and Predators in the first. The Devils lead the Blackhawks one nothing, and early in the second period, Oil Kings and Moose Jaw are scoreless. Thanks a lot for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, what a busy week it has been. So much Eskimos news, and we've been talking about the Oilers a lot too as they are slowly and unfortunately falling out of the playoff race in the Western Conference. It is a big weekend as well at Terwilliger Rec Center. It is the annual Family Day Classic to benefit the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. And one of the men behind organizing this great event is Steve Serdakny. Steve, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Great, Reed. Great, great, to, great to be talking to you. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. This is such a fun event. I know I've got to do my show the Friday night of the tournament there a few times, and uh, there, there's so much energy, and uh, I've always had fun interviewing some of the, the players themselves who've, who have gone out, and I'll get you to elaborate here. Uh, the, the players go out and, and raise money themselves for the Stollery. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the ninth year of the Stollery Family Day Classic and uh, at the Twilliger Recreation Center, and it's... Uh, it's been an amazing event. Uh, it's unique in the sense of uh, of the format of the tournament. Read it's high paced, high octane, four on four hockey, very similar to the NHL overtime that uh, the NHL used to have before they adopted the three on three. And uh, all the players, there's uh, you know there's been over 550 teams that apply every year, and 82 teams are accepted, and about 1,500 players. And uh, these players that uh, play in the tournament. Uh, they go out and they uh, not only play in a great event and celebrate the, the world's best game and grow the game, but uh, they think of others. They, uh, they they take the time to raise awareness for the Stollery Children's Hospital as well as think of others, and they try to raise not just uh, funds but also awareness for uh, for the kids that maybe that aren't able to play. Well, uh, pretty. Inc- I mean, you're approaching three million dollars, aren't you, over the life of the tournament? That's pretty cool. Well, we're at we're, we've raised two point six million dollars uh, for the Stollery Children's Hospital, as well as uh, for our S four free hockey development initiative that we do with Hockey Edmonton. And uh, yeah, uh, like you know, obviously, uh, 
it's an enormous amount of uh, funds that the players and the teams over the years have have done. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm not sure, you know, how it's going to go this year. But our our most important goal is uh, is you know hopefully positively impacting these uh, 82 teams and 1,500 players and coaches and families and just make it a great experience. And uh, you know, also, you know, it is the family day weekend, uh, Rita, as you know, and. We're in we're in minus thirty weather, and I, I honestly this this Twilliger Recreation Center where you've broadcast from for for many years, but because of the Oilers game, I know you guys aren't able to do it this year. But it's just a great place for families, and you know what better than to have an event that's built around family hockey, and you know the Stollery Children's Hospital. Steve Serdakny joining us on Inside Sports. You can find out more online to familydayclassic.com. And I, I always ask you about this because I love this as well. You mentioned the four-on-four, but tell me uh, what happens at the end of the game because the buzzer might go and it might say 4-2, but hold on, the game's not quite over. Well, the nice thing about this format, um, we take an hour of ice, and actually 50 minutes of that hour is actual playing time for the players. So rather than waste time on transitions and, you know, not to say that there's not a lot of valuable stuff being said to kids between periods and warm-up, but we try to maximize the playing time. Ice is hard to get, and it's uh, it's precious. But what, what makes it so unique is, you know, people, you know, unfortunately officials work hard, but... You know, people are always sometimes not as nice to the officials, both at the professional level and the amateur level. But what this allows them to do is all the penalties uh, or infractions, rather than having somebody sit on the ice and kids missing ice and being penalized, they're shot out as penalty shots at the end of the game. So it determines the outcome. And the nice thing about the format is there's very few stoppages, but still the the Hockey Canada rules, and it just really maximizes, uh, you know, the excitement of the game. And, you know, I just want to say, Reed, like, You've been involved in the tournament in Chorus and Chet for, 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 since the very beginning, and your guys' support, without corporate support like Chorus and 630 Chet, these events don't happen, and as well as you know, the corporate support supporters that uh, take care of our tournament that make it possible for these children to play and for it to be such a successful event. The Murray's Trucking, Chantal Murray, amazing. Johnny Winbuck from ATV Financial. Uh, Ross and Sylvester Accountants, like, they've been amazing. Blaine Wright, B Wright Drywall and Summon Insulation, awesome. Uh, driving Force, Mark Dobko. Demores Mercado, who field feeds our hundreds of volunteers since the beginning of the tournament. An amazing place, amazing place on uh, 46th Avenue. Derek Disposal, Dolce Vita Homes, and uh, just, just an amazing group of people. And really, literally thousands of volunteers that, that make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just always blown away when I've been there, just how, how active it is and how busy and how much pride everybody is taking and everything going on, whether there's the silent auction or, uh, you, you know, just people volunteering, the players, obviously coaches and parents. It's it's such a cool event. So familydayclassic.com, uh, it starts tomorrow. It goes all the way through Monday. So it's... Uh, it's a true weekend tournament. You don't stop Sunday. You go right through well, until Monday. It's four days. We start tomorrow at 9.30. Actually, we're at, I'm at the Twilliger Recreation Center setting up, and we're getting ready for basically uh, <laughs> it's not 24 hours of hockey, but it, but it sure feels like it. And it's funny because there's, there's just amazing stuff. Like, as you know, like, have got a Russell Wilson authentic jersey, uh, Seahawks jersey for any of those NFL fans. Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings has an incredible – Autographed jersey, but it's, it's autographed by the entire Detroit Red Wings team. You know the Connor McDavid, the Sidney Crosby, the Alexander Ovechkins, the 
there's there's something for everybody, as you know, for sports memorabilia. We have amazing golf experiences from Blackhawk and from Windermere and from Quarry and from Redtail Landing. And if you can imagine every amazing restaurant you can imagine in Edmonton, like the 19s, uh, the Hearts, uh, the Century Group, um, Rebel, um, you can name the restaurants and you should see the amazing support from the community as well as things for if you miss that Valentine's opportunity, there's amazing things for, 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 the, for the moms out there as well. And this event's centered around the hockey, obviously, and benefiting the Children's Hospital. Well, one of the neat things this tournament does that's unique, uh, Reed, is we try to grow the game of hockey. So, you know, we've raised over, I think, about $325,000 for Hockey Edmonton for the S4 initiative. And this initiative is basically development initiative that provides free hockey development. It's positional, skating, scoring, stick handling, defensive play. So, so kids from across Edmonton and the region can get free development. And you can go to the Hockey Edmonton website uh, if any of your listeners and parents, if you're looking just for a great opportunity. And it's basically a first-come, first-served program that is about once a month. And it's just an amazing initiative that's funded from this incredible event where we try to grow the game, both male, female, from novice all the way uh, through Bantam and Midget. And it's, uh, it just it touches kids not just during this weekend, but it touches kids throughout the entire year, um, both at the hospital and also from developing the hockey. And, you know, to be really honest, I think uh, we could all use a little bit more family and uh, togetherness as a society. And what a better way to, to spend time, uh, you know, in a beautiful facility when it's 30 below outside for four days. It's a great place to come watch and enjoy a community. Again, you can get all the information, the schedule, find out all the sponsors, all that kind of stuff, familydayclassic.com. Steve, I know you're busy. Before I let you go get back to setup, uh, you, you're doing some podcasting now. What's going on with this, man? Well, you know, I just, between uh, you know the legacy of Dan Tenser and Reed and, and all you guys, like, it's just, uh, I, I just, I couldn't resist... Um, I've been fortunate uh, to spend the last 35 years of my life, uh, well, in the NHL all the way down to the young players. And I, I get asked a lot of questions about, you know, what are these players like? And, you know, when we, we listen to radio shows, exceptional shows like yours uh, and, and, and the sports casts, quite often with the players you get the, I, won't, I don't want to say cliche, but there's a pretty standard answer. No, I know exactly what you're saying, buddy. You, you, the you ex-players give you, you more. Tell, you could recycle an interview from the last five <laughs> years and just change your question and you get the exact same answer. And, uh, you know, the one thing about it is uh, the hockey players are real people. And they, they hurt. They struggle. They have, uh, they have enormous pressure on them to succeed. And, yeah, they could be making $8 million a year, but uh, they could be having a really tough season. And they've also had a tough journey. It's not Nothing's easy. Nothing's given. And they've worked their entire life to get to where they are. And, you know, I'm fortunate to, uh, to launch this podcast with the purpose of giving – it is so authentic. It's kind of like something that you haven't really even heard before because it's honesty. It's uh, it's the journey the players are taking. It's how they got to where they're going, the struggles, um, as well as the triumphs, as well as what do they like to eat, where do they like to travel, how do they feel about certain things, with real, some really honest answers. And, you know, our, our pilot episode was with Chad Johnson from the Anaheim Ducks, and upcoming we have Jordan Eberle, we have Mike Green, we have 
former Edmonton Oilers Leonard Petrell, uh, Thomas Hickey, to name a few, and some other amazing guests coming up. And uh, in, in all aspects of hockey, so if you're a hockey fan, a player, a coach, a parent, and you really want an insider's look to the game, but an authentic, truthful uh, perspective that you might not necessarily get in in the regular sports media stream, it's a uh, it's just a great way to inspirational messages and messages of challenge and and all these things to realize that these these guys are people and they 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 eat out they go places they struggle um they overcome you know like when we talk about i don't want to i want to bring it right back to story one more time like this year's initiative we always direct our direct our attention to something special and this year's proceeds from the tournament besides you know uh benefiting minor hockey we're we're mental health we're going to be helping with the brand new stollery uh Children's Mental Health Center that they're building and uh, making that happen. But to, to tie that back to the Sardaki podcast, um, players go through a lot of struggles. And it's confidence, it's making teams. And if, if it's not at the NHL or making the transition from the AHL to the NHL to national teams to being traded to, you know, to making career transitions and playing in Europe, it, it's pretty, it's really enlightening and interesting stuff. And, uh, you know the feedback's been amazing, and it's, it's just been a it's been a passion project, and it's a great way to uh, to share those insights. I'm I'm fortunate, you know, to train some of the best players in the world, but I also get to know them as people, and it's nice that the listeners and the podcast can get a chance to look at these players as real people and really get some insights to the game of what it's really like, not what it looks like from the outside, but what it looks like from the inside, from the athlete's perspective, and it's. Uh, you know, it's at Sardacne Hockey. It's on every uh, every you know Apple uh, Apple I, uh, iTunes podcast, as well as uh, every podcasting platform. And it's just been an enjoyable passion project. You know, you get to do it every night. I only do it a little bit, but uh, you guys are the professionals. But let me tell you, it, it's something exceptional. And and the players have been just amazing, honest and amazing. And uh, and they really, I think, appreciate the. The, the sincerity and also the honesty of just being able to talk and have a conversation and, and say how it really is. Steve, sounds great, and you're doing such awesome work, you and everybody involved with the Family Day Classic. Hope it's a perfect weekend at the Terwilliger Rec Center. Well, I appreciate that, and like I said, at uh, Family Day Classic, that's at Family Day Classic is our Twitter. You can kind of follow along, familydayclassic.com is the website. And this tournament is available. We have about 60,000 unique visitors that come through on the Family Day weekend, not just to take in the hockey tournament, but the beautiful pool and facilities here. Everybody's welcome to come down and take it in. And, uh, Reed, thank you for your support. And uh, we really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope it's a great year for the tournament. And uh, I hope you have a great evening. Thanks, Steve. See you. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Great to have Steve Sterdackney on the show. Family Day Classic starts tomorrow at the Terwilliger Rec Center. It is Valentine's Day, and you know what that means. Ooh. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught all the There it is. Flash. He did the mash.
the moms. Thank you to the Simpsons for a gag I will employ the rest of my broadcasting career. <laughs> Don texting in. He says, Reed, the Oilers are slowly playing their way out of the playoffs. However, are there any positives for next year? That is from Don. Oh, that, that is a short text that I could spend a lot of time on. The positives for next year, Don. There are three of them for sure. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Fair? Uh, those are the only ones I can guarantee you. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't know what Miko Koskinen is going to be like as a starting goaltender for the next three years. I mean, I think defensively, you got Clefbaum and Larson. Uh, Nurse has come along. I don't know what Secker is going to be like. I mean, we could see him in an Oilers uniform, maybe on the homestand that starts on Tuesday. Yeah, maybe Kyler Yamamoto is a positive. Maybe somebody else comes up from the farm and contributes. But they're going to have to... I mean, there's a lot of work to do with the lineup. And I, I, I'm not sure how the upcoming GM, the future GM, he's got a big job. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, there are some unrestricted free agents, Chason, Malone, Petrovich, Gravel, Talbot. Are you going to trade any of those guys? Well, Talbot might get traded. Chason could be traded. You're not getting massive returns on any of those guys. And I was looking ahead at next year. The Oilers have... $76.5 million locked up for next season on 15 players. The cap is projected at $83 million. So that leaves $8 million for eight players on the 23-man roster. $1 million per player. Well, players that cost a million dollars each are third-pairing defensemen and fourth-liners. So it is going to be a massive challenge to try to boost the secondary scoring, maybe stabilize the defense with another good player and find a backup goalie who's competent. So that's what I can tell you there, Don. A little more Oilers talk and Eskimos linebacker Jovan Santos Knox coming up after the 7.30 news. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Late in the third, the Panthers lead the Flames 2-1. The Islanders have shut out the Blue Jackets 3-0. Earlier in the third, Red Wings up 3-2 on the Senators. Lightning leading the Stars 6-0. In the second period, Predators leading Montreal 1-0. Winnipeg trailing Colorado 3-1 after the first New Jersey with a 2-1 cushion in Chicago and late in the first it is St. Louis red hot lately up 1-0 on Arizona. The Oil Kings trail Moose Jaw 1-0 after two periods. Oilers in Carolina tomorrow 4 o'clock face-off show on 6.30 Ched and the game will start at 5.30. Uh, Greg says can the Oilers not get rid of Lucic's contract or buy it out? Okay. If you ever go to the site capfriendly.com, it's a pretty good site, and when you go to a player's page, there's an option to click buy out this contract. So if the Oilers were to buy out Milan Lucic after this season, they would have him on the cap for the next eight years at various amounts. I'm not going to go into all the details of how this is figured out. 
but if they were to buy out Lucic in the summer, his cap hit for next year would be three point six million, then five point six, then four point one, then five point six, and then for four more years at six hundred twenty-five thousand. So it really wouldn't be much of anything the last four years. But you would still be paying him, uh, or the cap hit would still count as 3.6 or more for the next four years. So you'd, I guess you have to decide for yourself whether or not that's worth it. Um, I don't know if that, I mean, I realize what's happened to him as a player and that, you know, he's, he's not playing to the value of that contract. But do you want to have a cap hit of $3.6 million for a guy not on your team? Now, it will it would free up $2.4 million to spend on somebody else. Not, uh, not a good position to be in. Uh, this texter says, who is this from? Peggy says, trading Talbot is like having traded Dubnik. Ridiculous. Giving a first-year goalie a three-year contract at $3.5 million a year was also ridiculous. Lucic and his salary so misguided and too expensive. In my opinion, Oilers are saddled with a player who doesn't produce. That is from Peggy. And Peggy, I'm going to break your heart on Valentine's Day. Don't forget, Koskinen didn't get three years at $3.5 million per year. He got it at $4.5 million per year. Uh, he, has, uh, he had a really good run. He has a, had a really good run and uh, hasn't looked as good, well, really for the last couple months. And the Oilers haven't had great goaltending this season. We have Bob at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Bob. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, the, 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 uh, as far as moving forward with uh, GM, I hear a lot of names, but uh, anything about what Mark Hunter is doing? Yes, uh, well, Mark Hunter is the GM of the OHL's London Knights, as I'm, and I'm sure you're asking because he was with the Leafs for a few years. I have seen him listed as a... I mean, depending on where you go, Bob, there's probably five to ten names that get mentioned quite a bit. Hunter's has been one of them. What's your What's your feeling, Reed? You know what? Um, first of all, the guy has to want the job, and he's not coming into a easily fixable position. Kelly McCrimmon gets a lot of mention. I mean, I know he was in the WHL for a long time. He's been the assistant GM with Vegas, and I don't think you can argue with what Vegas has done. Another name that kind of intrigues me, and this is probably going to make some Oilers fans grind their teeth a little bit, what about Ron Hextall? I mean, he got fired with the Flyers. He did do some good moves with the Flyers. He's got a strong personality, which I think is necessary within the Oilers organization and within this market. And lots of experience at that. Now, would you accept Ron Hextall in the Oilers organization, Bob, given he was a played for the Flyers? I know Ken Nielsen personally, and I saw him the day after that he hacked all hacked him. Never. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. See you, Bob. Thanks, bud. Okay, that is Bob, 780-496-0063. Ben says, could you retain $3 million of Lucic in a trade? Would anyone take him at $3 million? Ben, I think if you traded him, you would have to retain. And I think you're fair that probably you cut it in half. Uh, so then you would get some kind of a player back, and then you'd you'd have $3 million maybe to spend on somebody else. Would anyone take him at $3 million? Ben, I'm thinking, and I'm not sure. <laughs> I, 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 know, I know you wanted an answer. 
Uh, I'll, I'll ask you, Ben, would you take Lucic at $3 million if the Oilers retained half? I, I guess it would depend on the makeup of your team and where you were going to slot Lucic. If if you really felt your team, and look, he's still tough. And, and I look, I, I believed he was going to bounce back and maybe score 10 to 15 this season. He had that burst where he got four and six games. Uh, and then he's been pretty quiet since. So I guess here's the question. If, if you are acquiring Lucic from the Oilers and the Oilers are going to retain half the salary, are you willing to pay Lucic $3 million to play on one of your bottom two lines and basically be an enforcer in a league where there aren't really a lot of enforcers anymore? That would be my question back to you, Ben. But you raise a great point. And I don't know. If I'm another team and I don't feel like I need toughness, uh, I don't know if I'm going to take on Lucic for four more years, even if I'm getting the Oilers to retain some salary. It is 7.40. We'll take a quick timeout. New Eskimo linebacker Jovan Santos knocks when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, Calgary got a late goal to tie it, so the Flames and the Panthers now in overtime. We'll tell you what happened in this. Uh, what happens before we wrap it up tonight? This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family, your 24/7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804 Family or check them out online, furnacefamily.com. Lots of new Eskimos this week. They signed uh, nine guys on Tuesday. One more yesterday. Signed Anthony Parker today, Canadian wide receiver. On Tuesday, one of the uh, big names they signed, linebacker Jovan Santos-Knox, coming over from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Jovan, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, uh, you know, get on the line with you. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and also welcome to the Edmonton Eskimos. It was a pretty busy day for free agency on Tuesday. Why were the Eskimos ultimately the choice for you? Um, you know, I just think, you know, you know, uh, they did a great job of just, you know, selling what they had to bring, uh, what they had to offer on the table. You know, they uh, did a great job of just um, explaining to me how they would use me in the defense and how they want me. And I think ultimately uh, the way they executed the free agency plan is just a, a forecast of what we're going to get into the season. All right. Well, in terms of how you're going to be used and, and your strengths, I mean, I've, I've watched you play with Winnipeg. I'm, I'm not going to claim to have seen every game you played. I was watching some highlights. You got an interception in the Banjo Bowl. That was a pretty big play. Tell, tell me a little yes, bit sir. about your strengths as a player and what Eskimos fans are going to see. Um, I would say uh, one of my uh, greatest strengths is, uh, you know, my passion that I bring to the, to the game. Um, you, you're not going to qu- ever question, you know, me if I'm, you know, working hard or not or if I'm uh, giving 100% effort. That's, uh, you know, my standard. And um, I think you're just going to get a smart football player who, uh, you know, is just going to be all over the field. Um, I, I love the pass rush. I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to do a great job this year of, um, you know, blitzing quarterbacks and getting after them with our guys up front and, you know, just the, the guys we have in the back end, too. So um, I, I look to just, you know, bring a, smart, a spark on defense and, and uh, you know, be some type of leader out there, you know, vocally, uh, emotionally, all that. Well, and, and it's going to be a whole new linebacker look for the Eskimos because they've also uh, signed Larry Dean and Dan Unamba from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So, uh, you, you know, we still got to go through camp and everything, but you three are expected to be the three starting linebackers. Tell me a little bit about what you know about Dean and Numa, Unamba and what do you think we like playing with them? 
Oh, I mean, they, they, their track record sees they're both all-stars, um, great players. Um, I know Larry Dean is, you know, one of the premier linebackers, premier defensive players, premier players in the league. Um, to be playing against, uh, next to, uh, beside a guy like that is, is truly humbling. So, you know, I know what he brings to the table, um, leadership, um, a physicalness that, uh, you just want on your football team. And, you know, Don, he, he's a, uh, you know, he's not your traditional linebacker in the sense of, uh, you know, what they what people call linebacker. He's a, more of a nickel-type player, but, uh, you know, he flies around, makes a, 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 a number amount of plays on the on the field during the game um, in coverage and in uh, just blitzing and, uh, and applying pressure to people. So I think with this with this uh, linebacker, core, you're going to see us really applying pressure to different uh, offenses and offensive lines. Jovan Santos-Knox joining us on Inside Sports. New member of the Edmonton Eskimos. The linebacker signed as a free agent on Monday. Hey, I, I'm a little curious about your journey to the uh, to the Canadian Football League. I know there's a, a story that I've seen, and I'm hoping you can clarify it and and, and maybe tell it in your own words. Yeah. Did, didn't you have like an eight- or nine-hour car ride with your dad to a bomber's camp? Is that how you got noticed? What's the story here? Yeah, it's pretty unique. So I'm out of college. Um, you know, I, 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 was, I had a... A workout with the Eagles, um, you know, didn't work out. Um, so I ended up becoming, you know, just a free agent. I, I had nowhere to play. Um, so I decided, you know, I'm going to train and, you know, work out in the meantime and uh, get ready for, you know, the CFL tryouts that are coming up, um, you know, the next year. So uh, I ended up working at GNC and uh, we were working at GNC and training and getting ready for it. My father was just, uh, you know, pulling up different tryout dates. And, uh, you know, the first one we went to was Calgary which was down in uh, Tampa, which is, you know, a, probably a three-hour plane ride for me, two, two and a half. Um, I went down there, didn't really work out. Um, and then we uh, decided, okay, let's try out Winnipeg. Winnipeg, is, um, they had, had a camp in North Carolina, and I was in uh, Connecticut, so that's about an eight, nine-hour drive for me. Um, but it was the best nine-hour drive of my life because um, that's why I got noticed. And it's funny because at the camp, you know, I had great numbers. I felt like I was having one of my best days. And, uh, you know, I just didn't know if they were noticing it. Um, I didn't know what position they were looking for. And it seemed like they were really looking for, you know, a quarterback or receiver type player or an offensive guy. So I didn't really think of it much. And then, um, you know, I ended up going to a Montreal camp. And selfishly, being from Connecticut, which is only like a five-hour drive from Montreal, I kind of wanted to go there just because, you know, my family would be able to come to the games and whatnot. But, um I got a call out of the blue from, uh, you know, the GM over at Winnipeg, and that's how it all happened. And it was honestly, um, just wasn't expecting it, and it was probably, you know, not the most, uh, you know, you know, uh, not that, that story you always read about. It's definitely a different story, and, um, you know, I take pride in it because I think it shows the type of player I am. Um, I never was handed anything, so I look to earn everything I'm going to get this year, whether that be, you know, starting role, um, just, you know, I just want to earn my teammates respect. All right, well, that is that is quite a story, and, uh, and now it's led you to Edmonton, so that's pretty cool. You mentioned growing up in Connecticut, so uh, you said, you know, not too far from Montreal, so as a, as a kid and as a football fan, were you pretty aware of the of the CFL because I know sometimes I talk to guys from the southern states and they don't know as much about mm-hmm. the CFL until they get the tryout or their agent directs them there were you a little more knowledgeable yeah. of the CFL yeah 
you know, I had, a, I definitely had, a, I think, more of a knowledge than your, your common uh, person. Just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a football fan, and no matter what type of football it is, what league it is, you know, I always try to catch some type of football. So I would catch games here and there. And, you know, a guy, uh, Cameron Wake, I know he was a name up there, and that was a name that uh, really stuck with me about the CFL. I remember him going up there and having a tremendous amount of success and coming back to the NFL. So that's when, and then Ricky Williams, a different guy like that. So I've always known of the CFL, and I just known of the. Um, you know, the great tradition it's had, and I, I've known of all the great players that's um, been through there, Warren Moon, especially, you know, an Edmonton great. So um, I knew my history, but um, it was definitely a new experience for sure, and uh, it was a great experience, uh, you know, being up there um, myself. Javon Santos-Knox joining us on Inside Sports tonight. New member of the Edmonton Eskimos. He'll play linebacker. Um, are you one of these kids that was football right from a little guy? Did you play a, a lot of sports? What was uh, what were you into growing up? Like when did when did you start to really stand out in football? Yeah, um, I, I played flag football growing up mostly. Uh, my mom wasn't really a big fan of the contact uh, part of the sport, so she kept me in flag football. It was really. Um, a basketball player at heart. That's what I loved. Um, I played a lot of basketball growing up. Um, I was great. I had a really good career in high school in basketball. Um, baseball, I played a little bit of baseball as well. So I played pretty much all the sports. I tried them all out. Um, but I think, um, you know, in high school, I really developed a passion for uh, football. I just, I just uh, you know, loved the physicalness about it. And just the, uh, especially playing defense, um, you know, I feel like the, the odds are always against the defense, and I, I like that. Um, as a player, I like to compete, and I think that, uh, you know, football definitely brings the most competition out of me. Who's your favorite NFL team? Do you have one? Uh, it, was the, it was Philadelphia Eagles, I would say. I grew up a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, being in Connecticut, we don't really have a, a team, so we usually pick from the surrounding areas. We have a number of them, the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, the Eagles, so um, I ended up being an Eagles fan. Okay. Well, see, so you were pretty happy just over a year ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely was. I definitely was. I, in my whole childhood, I was waiting for that. And, you know, it was great to finally see one, uh, you know, banner get raised and, and then bring home a tro- uh, championship trophy. Okay. Well, I, do you know when you're coming to Edmonton yet? Uh, yes, I should be up there next week. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm really excited. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to get engaged and be engaged with the community and the fans just because I know of the, the great tradition that, that you guys have up there. So can't wait to be a part of it. Jovan, love your energy. Look forward to meeting you in person. Welcome to the Eskimos. Thanks for making time for us tonight on Inside Sports. No problem. Thank you for having me. Jovan Santos-Knox, linebacker for your Edmonton Eskimos, one of the many free agent signings this week. Yeah, a lot of energy. If he's got that on the field, he'll be pretty good. That was fun to talk to him. Absolutely. Florida outlasting Calgary 3-2 in a shootout as we take a final look at the NHL scoreboard. Islanders shut out the Blue Jackets 3-zip in the third. Red Wings up 3-2 on the Senators. Lightning leading the Stars 6-0. After two, Colorado 3, Winnipeg 1. Predators lead the Canadians 1-0. In the second period, Devils and Chicago tied 2-2. And the Blues looking good again, leading Arizona 2-0 after the first. The Oil Kings in a 1-1 tie with Moose Jaw four minutes into the third period. Uh, I got a text here uh, thinking that the Oilers should go after Duncan Keith. I don't think that's going to happen. He's 35, still has four more years after this one at $5.5 million. I don't think that's the type of player or contract 
the Oilers will or should pursue. And Pizza Guy Nick says, I really think that Seattle is where Lucic will end up going. He'll have like two years left on his contract at the time of the expansion. He can help them hit the cap floor, and he is, generally speaking, a good locker room guy. I know he has to agree to any movement, but I think it's a reasonable option. He would also be closer to home, though I'm not sure how much of an influence that would be. Text coming in from Pizza Guy Nick. Now, are pizza guys uh, less busy or, or busier? On Valentine's Day, It'd be is a there a greater demand for, for pizza delivery or less of a demand for well, pizza I'd say delivery? Be more I have of no demand. idea. Pizza guy Nick will educate us. Mm. Jamie says, if I were the Oilers coach, I would split up the three top centers and put an emphasis on team defense. Nothing uh, is going to change until they can figure that out. This will also help the o- the goaltenders gain confidence. And uh, defense, the focus needs to be on a team-first attitude, not on McDavid and Dreisaitl's points. Well, I think they are trying to focus on team play and defense, um, but they just don't quite have the players to do it. All right. Thanks to everybody who texted 630-630 and called 780-496-0063. I'll be with you tomorrow at 4 for the face-off show. The game against Carolina starts at 530 and then on Saturday afternoon, face-off show at 3.30, game at 5 against the New York Islanders. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. And this is the best Valentine's Day song of all time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. My name is Reed Wilkins. They did the monster man. It was a graveyard span. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.